This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Queens of the Stone Age, Brett Jeeves playing last night out of Mona. My God, was it glorious. Didn't see Alex Johnson out there. He's going to join us this morning. Good morning, everybody. Saturdays in Tasmania. Great to have you with us. Brett, uh, Queens of the Stone Age wasn't quite your thing, was it? I know. I like the Queens. Oh, my gosh. Josh Homme, he's still got it. That's where I was last night. First gig in goodness knows how long. Um, And they just hit straight off the top. With no one knows, would you believe? And we'll keep moving here. Good morning, Alex Johnson. You've joined us first thing. Thanks for having me, Flash. I was jealous of a gig that was on last night, but it wasn't Queens at the Stone Age. It was that little one at the MCG. My goodness, I would have loved to be there. My three daughters were there, and I would have loved to have joined them too. What was on at the G? Taylor Swift. Oh, who knew? She's and, in the country. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Just wow. snuck in, snuck in, not Amazing. a lot of press. And um, no, jokes aside... What a spectacle, hey? Yes. I tell you who hasn't snuck in is your life-size photo of Tim Payne that sits on your stomach at the moment, like impressive Luca Brasi shirt, and Tim Payne looks large. Yeah, I, del- you. yeah. I deliberately put it on so I'd get that reaction from you this morning. Brent, that was, so. uh, okay, yeah. we, you, we did work on that. How was our delivery, Dave? Our delivery of? Our little... The joke, mate. Um, reasonable. Reasonable. Welcome to the show for 2024. Harrison Agents is uh, where Alex Johnson is joining us. He has joined us mm-hmm. to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Great to have you with us. Um, we've got Swegan straight in off the top to talk all things political, which has obviously hit the floor running over the last, well, two or three weeks as it's built up to a decision which Jeremy Rockcliffe has meant. By the way, we've got Craig Newitt joining us again after 9 o'clock. Jude Coleman. You'll like this. Jude Coleman's coming to talk about the Three best people. women's team uh, in cricket in the country. Um, by the way, before I forget, I reckon Froggy's going to write his first group one in seven and a half years next week, but we'll talk about that with Froggy a little bit later. Alex, big week, far out. Um, where do we start? Implications? Um, hysteria and everything in between. Yeah, it's been a fascinating week in politics. And of course, as you said, there was a lot of rumours about an early election, but of course, until they actually uh, fire the gun, you're never sure whether it's bluff or bluster. So we're off to the polls, uh, March 23, and of course, it didn't take long for the stadium to become a very prominent issue. And it was that way because the Premier has now put a cap on the amount of money he's willing to spend. Of course, it was always $375 million, million dollar contribution. But that had an asterisk on it because I think everyone would expect a project like that with so many moving parts and so much remediation and yes. so, much, so many unknowns might go a little bit higher. And the AFL was under the impression, well, if it went a little bit higher, that's the state government's responsibility. Well, now... Jeremy Rockliffe, trying to maybe neutralise it as a political issue, has said, no, not a cent more. Well, <laughs> he thinks he could turn to the private sector and say, join the party. Well, there's a lot of scepticism around that, and maybe rightly so. And why is that? And I briefly touched with you last night about it, and I'm interested um, very much in your thoughts. Well, 
where's the return on investment, I guess, for uh, any private investors? Um, Apartments. Maybe, but not at Macquarie Point, though. I mean, yeah. there's, there's not much room. You either have the stadium or you have a residential sort of area. There's not a huge footprint that you could have all of those commercial, uh, residential sort of um, options as well. So, when, I, when I whispered apartments, Alex, um, that was billed in the opening announcement that there was going to be affordable housing. And I say affordable housing through the side of my mouth with a dash of humour because affordable housing down on that side? Probably not. Um, what what does that look like? What, what What's the word on the street with regard the the little asterisks that you know put on affordable housing as part of that announcement yeah so there was part of the urban renewal it did include some new housing slightly around further um but i think it's on the premier now to explain what his plan would be to leverage that private investment i don't think it's good enough just to say oh well we'll get the rest from the private sector because people are nervous about it Mm. and the afl will be asking a lot of questions i mean i emailed the AFL during the week and they just came back with a very straight line saying that, you know, we're very pleased with how the team's going. And that's the point I'd like to make. There's two separate things going on at the moment. There's Kath McCann's work with the team and Jack Riol, which I think we all give a nine and a half, ten out of ten. Like, they're doing a superb job. They're going to unveil the jumper and the nickname on the 18th. That's in a silo from the stadium, which is a completely different kettle of fish. And has hairs on it at the moment because it is so political and so uh, unpredictable. So I think we all want to just know more of of the plan. And now by saying, well, the state government taps out at $375 million, it just puts another little hurdle up. The question is how patient would the AFL be, how willing uh, it is to reconsider timelines and things like that. Um, very interesting indeed. And then, of course, the spectre of the other stadium proposal sort of uh, is the elephant in the room and whether the state government isn't taking that very seriously at the moment, but whether that could ever change, who knows? I think because the concept 2.0 takes up half the river, does it? I mean, it would almost act as a second bridge. It gets so far um, across the river and almost to the other side. But going back to the, the 375 million capped, do you think that harms the, the Liberal push from a um, from a political perspective in, in this vote? Like, if it's capped at three seven five, what sort of stadium are we going to get? You know, it, it, do we do we now become? Uh, is it now problematic that we get this half baked stadium because you know the government won't spend enough? You know, plot twist: Rebecca White comes out and says, "Hey, no cap from us. We're going big on this thing." Well, I don't think that's oh, going to no, happen. I mean, that would be that would be um, quite the quite the the backflip, or as the Liberals would say, a backflip. No, I don't think Labor's going to do that anytime soon. Um, I don't think the Premier's saying we're going to put a cap on the total spend on the project, just the state government's contribution. I think he's saying that, you know, we can get all this money from the private sector. And maybe he's right. Maybe I'm being too sceptical. I maybe, that. maybe he's... Yeah, I mean, look, but until they sort of give you something a bit more tangible than we'll look to private sources, then I think everyone's allowed to be sceptical. Uh, the federal government won't put any more money in, I don't think, unless you know they have a massive change of heart. Um, the AFL, you know, they've put in what 15 million. I don't think they're going to put in much more than that. So, um, no, I don't think they'll downsize the project. I just think that they'll um, have to get very creative in how they find the money. 
So if the government had gone the other way and said we're not capping it and we do expect the, the common conversation is obviously that, well, we do expect a few things to blow out a bit, don't we? I mean, there's every major project that's ever happened in the, the universe. Generally, there's a tweak here and there. If he'd gone down that path, he's in a worse position, is he, than what he is now. You are damned if you do, damned if you don't, somewhat, and that seems to be the political landscape. The Greens have said it's dead. So the stories are going through now on the back of that capping it, it's over. So the, the whole dream is, is not there. Um, as far as the AFL are concerned, and certainly my indication is that there's not a bead of sweat that's been dropped. So where are... That's, that, that's the interesting conversation. Do you, you think they'll be fine with how it's going? I believe so, yeah. How the stadium process is going? I, I don't agree with that, Flash. I think that they would be getting nervous about the lack of progress. I mean, it is... Yep. The only hurdle that's passed is the tick... To oh, I'm a, sure there's frustrations there. the tick there. to assess yeah. it. Yeah, you know? I'm sure there's frustrations was, there. Don't forget, that was a step backwards because mm. that was a process that Jeremy Rockliffe was forced into by John Tucker and Lara Alexander as part of his negotiating with them. We wouldn't be in the POS process if it wasn't for them. Now they are, you know... He's no longer in a negotiating mood with them, but he's lumbered with this process that they set the ball rolling on. No, I don't. I mean, I I don't know anyone intimately at the AFL, so I have no intel inside. But no. my gut feeling would be they would be nervous with the lack of progress. I mean, Alex, sorry, AJ. With the you mentioned pause process, I, I like that. That's a keeper term. I think we should pause process is good. Let's say let's move forward to election day. Liberals get in in a majority. Oh, and not happen. let's just sorry. Just yeah. let's go into this alternate world for well, me. Yeah. Liberals get they in. They are it. naming some big candidates. Jane Howlett, front page of the paper today. So she's in the upper house, but is going to run in the lower house. And I heard a whisper that there's a former colleague of Southern Cross of mine that might be running in Bass. This could be an SEN Tasman uh-huh. exclusive. Hang on, a former colleague of yours. Used to read the sport up there in... Michael uh, Maney. Oh, no, close. Rick Fontaine. Oh, close still. You're getting warm. You're getting warm. <laughs> Keep going, Flash. Tomorrow, who just spit it out? Think about a nice flat top, beautiful haircut. Now, oh. might be in commercial radio up there. Motorsport fiend. <laughs> Titters. He's talking all around it. I've heard Rob Fairs might be running. Oh, really? I've heard it. He's, he's the only he's the only flat top left in Launceston. Not many you were <laughs> not many bigger names in Launceston than the great. So man come back is. to my alternate world yeah. with me, where so, yeah. so they win majority. They get where the libs I know get the in, questions where libs, be, are they going to move let it? Let me out ask of, it. Okay, let sure. me ask the question because I think you're wrong. See now, now you've killed my flow. Uh, Go again, son. Libs get in a majority, and then can they bring back the pause process? So now now they sit in majority. Can they scrap that? And go to major projects. I think is is where they were headed before the Alexander and um, Tucker yeah. scenario. So so can they peel that back and go? Hey, we're a majority. Uh, this now sits in major projects and kind of. Thanks so much for your time. I don't actually know the answer to that, and good, I'm not sure whether. It, good question. It is a very good question. I'm not sure whether once you've started this process in the parliament, how hard it would be to unpick it. I guess you could. I mean, a government at the end of the day can probably find a way to do anything but um whether they would want to do that or not i'm not sure but um yeah, it doesn't maybe, maybe but it would have to i think it would, it would need them getting majority you couldn't do that if they were going on 
with the support of the crossband. That would that would be a no-brainer for them if they did get majority to to classify that back to major projects. In which case, it it would speed this process process up a, an awful amount. Potentially, mm. yeah. Mm. I think that's a good question for. Uh, the Premier, when he's out next. What about the uh, the Labor position, which is still a little bit confusing. I, I, every day, almost, I feel like I'm second-guessing in terms of where they do sit. I saw a statement from uh, the opposition leader, Beck White, yesterday, which effectively still said we're against the stadium, but we're going to go and re- renegotiate. Uh, that, just on that point, do you believe that the, the opposition... Um, have that power just to step back into the Andrew Dillon's office and start again? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it all depends What's your gut on feel? How... You're a smart enough fellow, and do you think... Well, the AFL would have to deal with a new reality if there's a new government in town. Yeah. And um, how much power they have would probably be based on you know, mm. how well they go. I mean, they say they want majority, but there's a, it's a very unrealistic goal at the moment. But there is a chance that they end up getting more seats than the Liberals. That could happen. They could have a very good campaign and go past them. So, um, yeah, I mean, the AFL would have to deal with that new reality. But nothing I've seen from the AFL makes them uh, appear particularly malleable. They, yes. they drove a very hard bargain with uh, Peter Gutwin and Jeremy Rockliffe. I can't imagine <laughs> that they would now suddenly be um, the most generous organisation in the world if Rebecca White was Premier. So, um, no, I mean, she hasn't been explicit about what she would try to renegotiate. Maybe the timeline, maybe, you know, the financial contribution from the AFL. But um, I'd be very surprised if they suddenly said, oh, no, OK, we can live without a new stadium and let's play every game at uh, Utahs and uh, Blunston. I just don't... I don't see the AFL budging too no. much from that. The frustration that I feel when I... The, and I guess it's that side of the politics that we're talking about. There's such an anti-the-establishment AFL mindset, which has dictated the whole conversation from their perspective, that the stuff the AFL, you know, they've screwed us over again. And that, and that to me... And I'll, let's not pro- probably mention all the names in the background that have been pushing that theme but that that sometimes you when you go into business don't we have to accept that we are going into business and there needs to be collaboration and those types of things that that for me in this whole process the most frustrating thing is this this we hate the afl and what they're doing to us mentally which is overriding the bigger picture and everything that we're trying to achieve here yeah i understand what you're saying but i mean even um sort of neutral commentators. I heard mm. Saul Eslake, the economist, during the week. I mean, he he described what the government... Uh, what the AFL extracted out of the government in terms of a deal as excessive, you know? Like, he... You know, he... In what way? What just, was the... just a lot of hoops to jump through. You know, yep. the price of getting a team yep. is you sign the taxpayers mm. up to an enormous new stadium and, yeah, we'll put in 2%. I mean, it's a pretty lopsided... Equation. I, I'm not saying. No, 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 no. I'm You're not just saying the state government shouldn't do it. No. I want to see this go ahead. I want to see the team go ahead. I think it would be a very sad day if we get a license and have to hand it back. But I'm just saying that that mm. you know, it is a big ask of the AFL, and they've and it's proven to be difficult. It's mired in politics. It's mired mm. in process. It's you know. So. Um, I'm I'm not sure where this is going to end up. Hmm. It's uh, it's messier this week than it is last week. I think. 
Hold the thoughts, Brett. We'll come back. We'll go to a little break. David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves and Alex Johnson's joined us this morning talking all things politics. Perhaps a bit too much politics. Let's stay with us. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Wherever you're listening around Tasmania, around the country, SEN Tasmania, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves on a Saturday morning, joined by our pal, our pal, that's why everyone calls my son, our pal, Alex Johnston. Fascinating week, isn't it? And look, I I, I do feel like that we're, we're all fractionally jumping at shadows across the board. Clearly, I'm far from the most with all the exclusive inside information around town. But certainly people I talk to, Alex, uh, mm. that very much know the conversation, are going with the absolute nothing to see line. And so we've got the doomsday scenarios. And I, 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 and the, I don't and think it's happening. <laughs> I don't well, think this stadium gets built. You're pessimistic, so <laughs> that's fine. When, when, that's we went to the, when we went to the break flash, I mean, I felt like, you know, that was quite a negative little contribution from me. But... I want to be able to say something of course, more positive. I want to be able to grab something, but I just haven't been given anything that fills me with confidence. I was saying last night, what I would have loved to see by now is a press conference about building a stadium at Macquarie Point with the Premier and with some sort of chief engineer who actually talks through, right, this is going to be the tough part of the project. It's going to require more funding, but we can do it and it will take this long. But... We just haven't got anywhere near that stage yet. So there's such a vacuum, and that mm. vacuum has be, is being filled by the John Tuckers of the world, by the Greens, by people that don't want to see this succeed. And for those of us, well, I'm, you know, I'd like to think I'm fairly neutral, but I want to see the team go ahead. And I know now that the AFL have, won't negotiate a deal that doesn't include the stadium, so they're therefore... I guess I want to see the stadium go ahead. Well, but hang on, on that point. See... But, but we, this, Alex, can we just stop for a second? Mm. We need the bloody stadium. The people forget, and they're like they're in this fantasy land about where it, we need the thing. This is which is I... which is why the team's not going to happen. So we're oh, we're, Brett, we're going to get to March 18, and we're going to announce team and jumper, and oh. it's going to be a magnificent day. And the work for Cap and Jack is absolute and... crap. Well, I'm, bro- it, I'm sorry. You, this I'm is fair this, this is blokes. mate. This is where I feel like it's headed. The, well, the, the election, the political uh, back and forth. It's it's at a point. It's really ugly. And and Alex, an, Al- definitely Al- ugly. Politics Alex makes this a, week. Alex makes a great point that this is clearly hinges on the stadium, and we are no further down the road on the stadium than we were 12 months ago. I mean the. The advert went out only a few weeks ago for design engineers. You know, so there's there's no consultants in, in, in place at the moment to actually go down and, and start working on the side to, to see what the requirements are. So my, my fear is that March 18 hits, we have this beautiful moment, our, our team name, our nickname, and down the road, that's all going to be taken away from us because this stadium won't happen. Or, as we spoke about off air, the AFL will have to change their tune and allow us to play out of the $160 million redeveloped Utah Stadium for an awful long time. Well, that's just, um, that's just which garbage is, talk. 
Which is the well, positive Gil, Gil for the, you can do for the north of the state. Of course, yeah, absolutely. No, so that's right. St- no, and I agree with stadiums that. Stadiums are can... happening down here. Oh, Brett. It's not going to happen. I genuinely swore then. I'll have, lunch. I'll, I'll have a lunch with him. I'll have a thousand lunch for you. Alex already owes me two, so I'm not going to bet another lunch with him, and I'm still <laughs> no, waiting for those. Yeah. You guys, honestly, you, like you, you guys... You lunch too, Flash. You just need to, just need to settle the you-know-what you down a bit because <laughs> what we're in a mire at the moment with a political landslide that... I'm so conflicted with this because, as you two know, I hate talking politics, but I, I do like it and I hate it as well. I'm a total left-winger that watches all the left-wingers at the moment stuff it up with, with ridiculous principles, uh, you we- know, and lack of vision and foresight to see what are we actually talking about here and what is this whole thing going to do for us all as Tasmanians? There's so much delusion around. It does my head in. It's a nice dream. But no, no, it's going to happen, Brett. But the reality is it's gone nowhere, and it doesn't look like going anywhere Because you've got a couple soon. of misfits that have stuffed it up, that have got 15 votes, got elected into their major party, and now they've got to make a decision. And I, rock, I give, No one's giving Rockcliffe credit, but I would say he had to make a call here. He's having an election. All right, let's go to the voting box and let's all put our hands up. And who are you voting for? Excellent. So now you're with us in the in the rule. No, no, I'm, so it's no, no I'm longer this, dreams. That no, no, that it, is that is the reality. That this well, it couldn't be any messier. Sure, but let's wait and see how Tasmania decides to to vote. Alex, we asked Damon Gill last week the the, the likelihood of. March 18, rolling around, we, we have this beautiful moment and then it all crashes down at some point. You're a seasoned, grizzled local journalist with all the news. What's your feel? Well, my feel is how much does the AFL want it to succeed? And if the AFL is determined not to let it fall over, then they are powerful enough to move things around. Now, that could include lots of different things. They could help leverage the private money it needs. The other thing they could do, and I've thought this all along, a circuit breaker would be if the federal government took control of the project in conjunction with the AFL, took it away from state politics. Now, that might be unrealistic, but it needs a circuit breaker at the moment because as we've just talked out and gone round and round in circles, it is messy at a state level. So it needs some sort of circuit breaker, and I think the AFL has sort of the negotiating power to potentially do that. But that would be them putting their neck on the line. And up until this point, they've basically said, well, this is our contribution, you guys do the rest. So the AFL... I think the AFL have to address the reality soon. They can't just keep saying, this is our... This is our um, uh, contract, this is what we want. It, it has to be a 23,000 seat yep. stadium, right? They need to start answering specific questions about what ifs because, yeah, okay, they're hypotheticals, mm. but they're very important hypotheticals and I think that footy fans deserve answers on exactly where the AFL's head's at given the political reality of the situation. All right, we're going to go to the news and we'll keep chatting a little bit longer, David. Let's go. Brett Jeeves, Alex Johnson with you this morning. Talking too much negative crap. That's very much symbolic, Ethan Clark, about all we're looking for down here is another brick in the wall of the stadium. And I think it's um, it's going to be okay, boys. Alex Johnson has joined us this morning. 
the most, I'm going to say, and I've said this to Alex first time 14 years ago, and I remember the conversation we had in about 2010, that your ability to push aside emotion in these things and not stand with the left or right side or whatever it is, is outstanding. And I will give you enormous credit for that. I'm sure you Thanks, agree mate. with me. Cheers. Not talking to you. Huh. You're I thought you were... Purely emotionally driven. I was talking um, So, good on you. And I'm loving what you're talking about, although I think you've just treading on a few, you know, pins that perhaps jolted your nerves a little bit. But I respect all what you're saying. <laughs> Backhand compliments. I'm, sure I'm not sure how I respond to that. I'm not well, sure how I respond to that. Well, That's the toughest question to answer compliment. since I was at... Yep. I'd say calm the farm a little bit would be what I'm perhaps thinking, but maybe my information and everything I've had is no, no, absolutely. But maybe my information is cor- incorrect, and I okay. look like a cheerleader and all that no, sort no, of thing. No, no, I'm putting it back on you. What, yeah. These people you're talking to yes. are just not dropping a bead of sweat. What is no. that based? What is that based on? Well, the, the confidence is, is the process is much further down the track than the public would think, and I think that's half the problem. Your conversation about getting out there with an engineer is exactly right. And I don't think the... And it started with, you know, Peter Gutwin, who I love dearly, what a great... But I don't think they got that right from the start. The, the, the processes wasn't opened up to the public, so there's a bit more of a, oh, that's, what ha- that's what's happening, thought. So when you say the process is more, um, more down, down the track, track than, than people think, what do you mean by that? Well, I think, there, I think there's more steps that have been taken that that we're perhaps not aware of. And there is that, work at Macquarie Point that's been happening, but yep. it's, it's, it's very much in the planning process and not the doing uh, but, process. But, you know, we're in a position now. I'm reading articles in The Australian yesterday by just a, a, a fellow on Twitter called Roland Brown. And he, he, he has no say in this whole process. But Mr Brown, who's clearly, a, and I don't know Mr Brown, he's a fellow I see every day bob up on my Twitter, mm. um, and you'll know more about him than me, but he... His basis of his negative towards the stadium was the basis of a half-page article in the Australian. I'm reading this thinking, what's Mr Brown's thoughts got to do with this whole thing? And I think we've seen a lot of... Do you know what I mean? You, you know Ms. Roland Brown? I'm yeah, doing? well, in a lot of ways, Roland Brown is a national hero. He um, uh, was ahead of the curb on gun reform. We love that. And uh, we should have listened to Roland Brown yes. a long, long time ago. On the stadium... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I agree with him, but uh, yeah, I mean he's just a, he's it's one of the people. Opinion. He's one of the critics, yeah. Uh, so, but his opinion but that is driving my question, Flash. No, like, no, I understand. I just, I guess, well, I think we're surrounded by a lot of hysteria at the well, moment. We are, but I mean that's that's the mm. reality of it. Yeah, that's the reality of it. And people like Roland Brown influence people in Tasmania's upper house, and they influence people that yeah. could potentially be in the balance of the power mm. after March 23. When we get the election result, I mean, the political reality is a mess. Mm. And look, the AFL is not going to come out now and do anything before March 23, I wouldn't have thought, would they? I mean, they're going to... Well, they're going to talk up the team. I mean, that's the timing of that is interesting because... Sorry, March 23, is it? Not 18. No, 18 the team announcement, 23 is the election. So it's quite... So March 18, obviously, yeah, that'll, board, be, yeah. that'll be a fantastic day. And like I said before, that is a completely... Yes. No, separate issue to the stadium, and that's why linking the two is it is it though, Alex? I mean, that, and don't, don't they walk side by side in terms yeah, of the the team no, getting I, off I the get ground? What you're oh, I mean, yes, but what I'm saying is, 
Kath McCann's not in charge of no, getting right. the stadium ready. Yeah. That's not yeah, her yeah, job yeah. to do. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. Jack Rewell can't get out there with a yeah, shovel know, a, and pick a and digger and you yeah, know, he could. Well, he might have to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. With the budgets, maybe weird. that's it. Once what? you turn the sod, there's no going back. <laughs> now, listen. What, just that. before we let you go, <laughs> maybe we do it this morning. What about the importance <laughs> of David O'Byrne's position in all of this? Is, well, the one, is that? Can you can you give me a bit of a snapshot? Well, of, you finally asked a question I can answer, Flash. That's Friday. great. Um, he is pro stadium. We know that. I think he's almost guaranteed to get elected in Franklin. I see the ceiling for the Libs 16 seats. Yes. They need 18 for majority. Make David O'Byrne 17. sports minister in your next government. You've got 17. <laughs> yeah, who's 18? Then you've no. got to find, oh, I don't know. You could someone Jackie Lambie might get elected. You might be able to bribe. She's anti the state. Jackie might be able to bribe them with a think... steak dinner or something. I'm not. I'm not please, if you do, think I'm being serious, I'm, I'm absolutely you, not. Do you like, think Jackie's spendable in that regard? Do you think she's got room to? Well, she is more than the Greens. Like, sorry, yeah. that was a, that was a very flippant joke aside. And I take I take that back. It was very but, funny though. But um, she is very much more uh, open minded, I think, than the Greens would be. So, if you were looking to negotiate, you might hope that Lambie gets the seventh seat in lines rather than the Greens. Yes. If if I'm right and the Liberals get somewhere close to majority, You've got them at 16, or I've that's got, their ceiling. I, I think their ceiling is 16 at the moment. But yes. the campaign will change things and candidates will change things and Fairsy might change things. I mean, my phone's been blowing up since I dropped that little bit of news. I mean, I'm sorry if I've broken someone's embargo, but anyway, it's very exciting. I couldn't <laughs> keep it to myself. Um, so Terrific. there's a lot of water to go under the bridge between now yeah. and... But, but, yeah, David O'Byrne is a very important part of the sure. puzzle. And, look, he might be an important person to actually try and bring warring parties together here. Yes. You know, because, of course, all his um, friendships are on the left of politics and has great contacts in the federal government. And great relationships there. Maybe he is an important part of getting this back on track because... Of all the people who have talked about the stadium process in a in a realistic way, yeah, uh, I think David O'Byrne's been one of the most moderate voices. And to let you go in thirty seconds, what's your gut feel? Who's Tasmania voting for? How they're going? How they're going to vote? I think they're looking very closely at the next few weeks to see who behaves well. I think people want uh, the adults to be in charge, and at, you know, at the moment, it hasn't emerged quite who the adults sure. are yet. So. Um, <laughs> It'll be a very interesting few weeks. Very interesting. Terrific radio. And there's nobody we'd like to um, chew the fat with more about these topics. The most plugged-in person in politics here, Alex Johnson. Thanks for joining us, mate. Good man. Have a good morning, boys. And I hope you get to talk about something other than politics. Well, that's right.